Our Super Bowl 47 coverage rolls right along here from the New Orleans Convention Center. Darren McFarland here, 1025 the game and stopping by our table. Rick Buecher, uh, who's been covering the NBA for a long time. He's now with 95.7 the game. Good name for a station Thank in you. San Francisco. Also the sideline reporter for the Golden State Warriors and a lot more. Rick, thanks for stopping by. My pleasure. Let's start with the Warriors. Uh, intriguing story. One, they've been down for so long, but actually people were talking about the Golden State Warriors. And as you can imagine, there's actually a storyline in Nashville <laughs> with Festus Azili, who played at Vanderbilt, now getting some serious playing time and some action with the Warriors. Yeah, there were expectations that the Warriors might be better this season, but certainly not if Andrew Bogut was not going to be available. And that's where Festus Azili comes in. Uh, Bogut... Uh, has been has been hurt all year. He came at the beginning of the year. He's coming back from serious uh, ankle surgery uh, last spring. The expectation was that he was going to come back and play limited minutes. Uh, they had to shut him down. And Azili has really been a revelation and a huge part of the fact that they are uh, 10 games over 500 in spite of the fact that Bogut is out and another guy, Brandon Rush, blew his knee out uh, the second second game of the season. Um, they're really surprised by Azili, uh, Draymond Green, a second-round pick, and Harrison Barnes. There are three rookies, and all of them are playing significant roles. And the fact that you would have a team doing, uh, uh, one, being as surprisingly successful, considering where the Warriors are coming from, and then that that's under any circumstances. And then you have three rookies right. who are in the rotation and are contributing in a big way. That only adds to what's been a storybook uh, season so far. What was the reaction? Here, Golden State in the first round takes Festus Azili from yeah. Vanderbilt. You're out in San Francisco, yeah. Northern California. I mean, I can't imagine the people were at a fever pitch. No, 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 not at all. I mean, it was. I think it was. It was viewed at as a, a, he was a project. He was a young talent that you you would bring along. Figured that he would probably play more for their D League team than he would for the Warriors. Uh, that was under the assumption that Bogut was going to be back, and they actually got they got that pick to get Azili as part of that whole deal where they sent Steven Jackson to San Antonio and got Richard Jefferson and a pick from San Antonio. So, uh, but they were, they got Steven Jackson from Milwaukee uh, along with Andrew Bogut. So all of those pieces came together. So they, they essentially got Azili and Andrew Bogut together in that deal. I dare say it's safe to say that they expected Andrew Bogut to be the more impactful center right. among those two, but that hasn't been the case so far. They're right behind the Grizzlies in the standings. We'll get to Memphis mm -hmm. in, a, in a moment. Do you think that Golden State is going to be able to hang around all season? Are they good enough? I, I have no doubt that they're good enough during the regular season to hang around, uh, especially because they've really they're, they're they're going through a stretch now where they're on the road, and but after this they're. It's. I should look at the number again, but something like 19 of their last 24 games are at home. Okay. Uh, so they have a really easy schedule down the stretch. I have no doubt that they can maintain somewhere in that. I, I would expect they're probably going to land in the sixth seed. Would be my guess. I don't think they're better than Memphis. I don't think they're better than the than the Clippers or Denver. Uh, Oklahoma City, and I'm forgetting one more that would be uh, that would be ahead of them, but um, San Antonio. San Antonio, uh, thank you. So uh, that's where I see them fitting. Now that's regular season. 
if Andrew Bogut is not an impactful, he, if he can't come back and be an impactful player, I see them as being a one and done in the playoffs. They, they're a team that's maximizing what they are right now. They go out and they play efficiently. They play hard most every night. And that'll win you a lot of regular season games. Then you have to have the talent when, when everybody in the postseason plays hard every night and is uh, efficient. Now do you have the talent to go to the next, the next level? And I, uh, certainly without Bogut, I do not believe that they do. That description to me also is very close to home in the Grizzlies. I, I think that yeah. style of play you were just describing, Lionel Hollins really doesn't get much pub. Nobody really talks about him. I think he's done a masterful job with Memphis ever since he came on board as their head coach. He has, and he's done it with diverse personalities. Yeah. That's what really, to me, has Some been the difference. With Lionel and and troubled personalities, you could argue in various ways. And you know, it looks simple, but getting a guy—I I just look at Marcus Saul and I look at Zach Randolph and I look at where they came from and how different they are. And getting those guys to play together—that's that's not that's not easy. They don't come from the same place and they don't come from the same mindset. And then you throw in a guy like Tony Allen, trick or treat Tony, <laughs> and Mike Conley, who obviously is a very solid guy but quietly wants to prove that he's a legitimate point guard in this league. Rudy Gay is a whole other subject in and of himself. And so, yeah, it's a little bit of a circus, and he's been able to keep it together and be the ringmaster. And I agree with you. I don't think that he gives he, he's given enough credit for what he's accomplished. I will say this. Unlike the Warriors, I do believe that the Grizzlies, they do have... Uh, the kind of talent that can rise above. Uh, Zach Randolph's a special talent. Marcus Saul's a, a special talent. Rudy Gay as well. It's just a matter of where they can make that happen. Rick Buecher here at our table has been covering the NBA <laughs> for a long time, and uh, he's talking some NBA with us. And I know Brad Hopkins back in Nashville will be very. This is for you, Brad. Very excited about that. He, you know, he never can get enough NBA talk. I have to admit, I grew up in Lexington. I watched Rajon Rondo closely. Yeah. I, I never dreamed. He couldn't shoot free throws worth a lick at Kentucky. Yeah. He had issues. Uh, he certainly could could dribble the ball. We knew he could shoot, but I didn't think he was going to turn into the pro that he did. Yeah. Now that he's out for the season with this unfortunate injury with the ACL, what does that do for Boston? Does that just cripple them? Are they done now? I wasn't convinced that they were a contender with Rajon, and so this certainly takes them out. They, they don't have... He was their only dribble penetrator. And if you looked at when the difference in when they were winning and when they were losing, essentially is when he was aggressive as an offensive player and an offensive scorer because they simply didn't have anybody who could get to the rim. And people started playing him for, even on his dribble penetration, well, we know he's going to kick out. We know he's not going to take the shot. I think his jump shot has improved. I think he's also, in reflection to what he looked like in college, that that's the difficulty is that there's certain guys who have certain skills that can make consummate pros that can be uh, overshadowed in the college game and the way it's played. Uh, he's certainly one of those guys. But you take him out of that, and now you have, you have a group of jump shooters and, for the most part, older jump shooters. That's generally not the formula for being, <laughs> for being a title contender in the NBA these days. I would buy that. And I hate to end on this because this is such a soap opera and it's it's never conducive for a, a condensed answer. But 
the Lakers. Mm-hmm. What a mess out in your area. I mean, are they even going to make the playoffs? How bad is this thing? They, they. If there's any team that's down in the in the depths of the standings right now that could make a jump, I do believe they they are that team. I honestly, I believe that the heart of their problems begin with the fact that the expectations were through un, unrealistically through the roof from the very beginning. Is Mike Brown still laughing right now? Is anybody caught up to him and seeing if he's, he's I think smiling, he's laughing? What is he doing? Much like, uh, uh, much like my friend uh, Alvin Gentry in Phoenix when he was let go and a scout said to me it was euthanasia. <laughs> Mike Brown's <laughs> probably feeling the same way. The best thing that could have happened to me is that I didn't have to deal with those great expectations in a huge market like that where, you know, you put a Lakers uniform on and you're supposed to be a champion. Well, let's look at the fact that Steve Nash was not healthy from the very beginning of the regular season, and he was the guy who was supposed to make that offense go. Dwight Howard's coming back from back surgery. Pau Gasol's been fighting knee tendonitis. I mean, those are three, and then Kobe Bryant is 34 <laughs> and, is, and, is, and is really defying his age. But still, defensively, we see where his age is very apparent. So forget the names for a second. It, you look at those guys and their health, and then you look at the rest of that team. So you take Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard's not Dwight Howard. Steve Nash isn't, even, isn't Steve Nash and isn't even available. Pau Gasol clearly isn't Pau Gasol. So it's Kobe Bryant and who? Metta World Peace? We gave up on him two years ago. Where you, Earl Clark? Most people have never even heard of him. Chris Duhon? I mean... It falls off so precipitously from those big names that it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that they've had the kind of start that they've had. And, and that's where I, I really object to, well, you know, it was Mike Brown's fault. Now it's Mike D'Antoni's fault. And, and, you know, why didn't they bring Phil in? I, I'll be honest. I almost wish now they had brought Phil in because I'm not convinced that fi- under Phil they would be measurably different. Well, I've always enjoyed your work. Really appreciate you stopping by and uh, catching up with us. Brad will have a huge smile on his face. Enjoy Super Bowl week, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you down the road. Happy to do it. Rick Buecher covers the NBA. He's with 95.7 The Game out in San Francisco. He's also the Golden State Warriors sideline reporter. We appreciate him stopping by. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on 102.5 The Game.